Hello, y'all, and welcome to the Candy for Trees podcast. My name is Persephone Jam, and I am your host with the most this fine Tuesday. And today is, as you may know, Talk Tuesday. So today I would like to talk to you about mental health and my experiences with mental health and how I manage said mental health. So a little bit of background about me. I ended up having, um, I was like pretty good until I turned about 11 and then I ended up having a phenomenon called a psychotic break. Wherein, if you've ever seen Harry Potter, the Harry Potter movies, there's this, the way I like to describe it is, you know that one scene where Mr. Dursley um, stops up every entrance to the house because Harry's getting letters? Well, and you know how the letters keep pouring in and pouring in and pouring in through all of the stop, like, entrances and they end up flooding the house? It's like that. Because I vividly have this memory of something I, like, there was a thought I didn't like. Like, I believe it was actually something like, that girl's pretty. And I ended up slamming the thought down so hard that 13 other thoughts came pouring in. And it that was it. Like, the thoughts kept coming and coming and coming and coming and becoming more and more irrational. And I ended up getting put on meds and nearly hospitalized. It was that bad. And so that was kind of the beginning of really my mental health struggle. And it was, things settled down for a while. I was on my meds. My meds were great. And then 2013 happened and I got really, really depressed. And it was around the time that my dad got sick for the second time. Okay, and I'm going to try to make this episode not a downer. <laughs> um... But, like, it was around the time my dad got sick for the second time. I didn't really have any coping skills for that. And it was really about something stupid. Like, I had a crush on this guy, and I was, like, super angsty about it. And it ended up <laughs> leading me into a depression spiral. I'm just going to be honest with you there. Like, that was not okay. And so, after he basically friend-zoned me, I was good. <laughs> Things were good. And it was it was nice. But, um... It was, it's like been stuff like that throughout the years. And after my dad died, uh, naturally I got depressed. And I was not a convenient person to deal with for many years. And so as a result, like I'd, I'd be put on more and more and more meds. And eventually I found myself being over medicated. And one of the main turning points in my mental health history was... I checked in voluntarily to a hospital in Fort Worth, Texas in 2016 because I was dealing with some really, really hard thoughts. Now, I know that some people choose to go into hospitals and it works for them. However, it didn't work for me. And it was, I stayed there for four days and I ended up getting discharged, I ended up asking to be discharged against medical advice because it was, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, but the cool part about this mental health experience and this, like, one facet of it was I went into that hospital and I felt community for the first time in 
a long time because I ended up dropping out of college after my dad died. And because it just got so hard on my mental health and that college is brutal. It's St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland. It's, it's known for being one of the most rigorous schools in the nation. And I loved it there. It felt like home. But at the same time, the, career, the um, curriculum beat the crap out of me. I used to refer to that college as um, a school for academic nerds with a death wish. And it's true because it's like, <laughs> I've seen so many people come in and out of there. Like it has a very, very high attrition rate and it's been, and like they have a huge acceptance rate because basically the school's admissions are basically self-selecting, but you go in there and all, a lot of times people find that the curriculum is too much or it isn't for them or something like that. And that, I was one of those cases. And so I ended up dropping out, even though it felt like home. Now that kind of wrecked me. A lot of things kind of wreck me. Like, I'm known for feeling overwhelming emotions. That's just kind of who I am, and it's to be managed. But, like, sometimes the overwhelming emotions are good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're neutral. But it's what you do with them that counts, I think. But, so, whenever I dropped out of school, like, I didn't have a sense of community. I ended up trying to go back to school at a place called University of North Texas, which I mentioned La which I mentioned yesterday in Music Monday. And it was there that I wrote an album that's basically an ode to loneliness because that's how I felt then. I was very, very lonely and it led to a lot of like bad ideation. And so after I went to the mental hospital, which again was like completely voluntary, like I needed to get help. I needed to get help somehow. And it just didn't, didn't work and a lot of things didn't work for the next few years like and it wasn't until I came up here and realized how over medicated I was that it was just then it, things really started to not sit with me and I'm like something needs to change and it's it's been a process of learning to confront what I'm feeling and not shame myself for it because a lot of times it's like when I was when I was growing up like I felt like I wasn't allowed to be angry I wasn't allowed to be sad because there's something I've noticed about a lot of people outside the mental health community is that they expect more mental stability from someone with a mental illness than someone without or themselves or anyone of that nature and I'm gonna get really heated about this because I really care and it's it's really not fair to people because I know, like, whenever I started to feel anything semi-unruly, people would ask me, hey, have you taken your meds today? I'm like, hell yes, I've taken my meds today. Leave me alone. And it was just kind of frustrating and really upsetting because it's like I felt like I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to be happy in, like, in any kind of overwhelming sense. Like, people, people's ideal goal for me, it felt like, was pure... Calm. Like, they wanted calm from me. And I, I got up here, away from everyone that I really knew, except for my husband. And I learned that, like, happiness isn't this calm state of bliss. It can be overwhelming, just like sadness, just like anger. And I've been learning over the course of the last few... Well, like, last year and some, that I have a right to my emotions. That I have a right to process bad things that happen, good things that happen, anything that happens. I have a right to feel. And 
sometimes the feelings are hard and it's hard to process and stuff like that. But I have a right to feel my emotions. And nobody should get angry at me or anyone else for feeling. As long as they're doing things that are wise with them and not like lashing out, then feelings are feelings. Feelings aren't facts. That was something that I learned after going into a um, partial hospitalization program where you went, where you spent like half the day doing therapy with groups and one-on-one -on -one therapy. And my therapist, whose name was Jeannie, I still remember her name, said to us over and over and over again, I was in the trauma section because at that point I was pretty... I don't want a self-diagnosis and I don't even self-diagnose and I don't even know if it was a self-diagnosis because in the intake in one of the places I went to, they said I had PTSD, both from my dad and from both from my dad dying and having some other events happen to me that I might discuss later. But people, so I was, I asked to be in the trauma section where I learned a ton of coping mechanisms and how to interact better and how to set boundaries, which is something that I'd never really heard of before. And one of the things that my amazing, amazing angel of a therapist said was, feelings aren't facts. They're not. Feelings aren't facts. And oftentimes in my personal brain, it Feelings will override any sense of rational thought. And it'll be a battle to get it into any kind of, well, rational thought. And to get it to behave, and for lack of a better word. And so feelings aren't facts. Like and that's when I'm in that mood of when I'm in that mode of like, ah, emotional panic, I have to step back I have to step back and think, like, oh hey, is this a fact? Or is it a feeling? Or is it both? Because a lot of times, like I said, feelings will overwhelm the facts. And so a lot of times in that case, if I'm, if I'm battling something like that, it helps to write it out or talk to a friend. Now, if there are no friends around, it's helpful to, um, think about it and write it down on like a flow chart, like almost like a flow chart. It's like, if you, if I can get my logic brain back engaged just a little tiny bit, then it will be helpful because I'll able, be able to write it down like an if this, then that statement. And those have been incredibly helpful for me. Like, a long time ago, I used to be afraid that everyone would leave me. And so I would end up compiling evidence for and against the notion that someone would leave. And so I would create these statements of, like, since such and such evidence is happening, if such and such evidence is happening, then this must be happening. Therefore, I'm good or therefore I'm bad. Like, uh, gosh, I was a very interesting teenager and I was like paranoid that everyone was going to leave and maybe not even paranoid because I had evidence to back it up, but I would compile evidence in these lists or in these journal entries or what have you and be like, this is the reason why I'm okay. And a lot of times for a time I was okay. And some people have never left. Like, <laughs> um, some dear friends from my Mormon school, Brigham Young University, Idaho, are still around. Like, it's been three years since I left that place, and they're still around. So it just goes to show that, like, not everyone has to leave. Not everything has to be the way you feel, and half the things you worry about never happen. And I have to, I've had to teach myself that. It's like, so I find myself get, getting caught up in anxiety. I find myself getting like really, really, really wound up. And I have to sit back and think, 
Will this really happen? Is it worth worrying over, especially if it's out of my control? Um, and like, just, it's been difficult to try and control my brain and like manage it. Like, and again, like I learned something from a therapist or from my psychiatrist. I don't remember quite who, but my therapist, someone said to me, you can have depression. Like just because you're able to manage it still means you have depression, but like you're able to manage it. And that's kind of where it's at. Cause like, it's an ongoing battle sometimes trying to sort through your mind and sort through your things. And I was actually, a, a brief side note here, I was actually diagnosed with bipolar 1 and before that schizoaffective disorder. And it turns out that really neither of those are true. I was just over medicated. And so in the process of coming down off my meds, it's also been a ride. And really feeling my own emotions again has been <laughs> incredible, but also heartbreaking. Because it's like, I'm feeling things again. Sometimes they're overwhelming and I have to find a new balance, a new normal. And I love it because I'm able to get back in touch with myself again. I'm able to get back in touch with spirituality, with art. And it's just another thing that I have to manage. Like when I'm making art, sometimes I get really, 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 really into whatever I'm doing. And I end up getting so caught up with it that I end up just completely going off the over off the rails and down into the ditch of whatever I'm working on. And it's, I have to remember to, Hey, Hey, Persephone, take a damn break. <laughs> and so, um, it's been really fascinating to think about what I've been doing, what I've been feeling and just sit with it. Like that's something else I'm learning. Like if I had to distill today's talk into three tips, one feelings aren't facts. Your feelings do not dictate the facts of this universe, of this world, of your relationships. And two, it, it, things can be managed. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you don't have them anymore. It doesn't mean your feelings are invalid. And a lot of times people do resonate with labels. I don't when it comes to mental illness and I feel trapped by a label sometimes. And two, so, and finally three, be honest with yourself. I know we haven't really talked about that all that much, but be honest with yourself. Like, how are you feeling? Do things need to be talked about? Check in with yourself. And that's what I'm having to do is like, I have to run these mental checklists whenever I get sad is like, are these, is this something that can be managed or is this something that is external or something of that nature? And so it's been really helpful for me to take these inventories and to be kind with myself. And if I find that I'm having a bad day, I just ease up on everything and go take it easy. Baths are honestly some of the best things I can do. So if you have trouble with stuff like this, go take a bath. Do something that's self-soothing. I also rub my left hand a lot because as a, as a stroke survivor, it's something very interesting that I've learned about myself. It's like, I will end up having, I ended up having like, different sensations on my left side than I do on my right. So it feels different even to touch between either side of my nose. And so as a result, my left hand, or when you touch my left side, it's very, very, very soothing because it feels different. And it's not like, and I feel even feel pain different. Like I have run water under both my, like hot water under both my hands and like the right hand hurts immediately, but the left hand, there's a split second delay and it comes on like twice as strong as the right. 
Which is very interesting to me because it's like, yeah, yeah, neurology, fun times. And so just stuff like that. And so do things that are soothing for you. Like I tend to go write poetry if things get overwhelming and I have a bunch of lines in my head, but I try not to dwell there, you know? And unless like something needs to be processed, I never write in my journal because I find that that's more of a trigger for me than a help. So the question I'll leave you with today is what soothes you? How do you manage your mental health? And even if you don't have a mental health diagnosis, how can you better take care of yourself? And same for y'all with mental health diagnoses. How do you best take care of yourselves? Like what, what do you do when you have a bad day? And it because it's, it's becoming the tradition now to leave y'all with a song so I'm going to leave you with a song called A Smile from the album I wrote shortly after I went out of the mental hospital. Tuesday on the Candy for Trees podcast. My name is Persephone Jam and I am your host with the most. I will see you tomorrow for Wellness Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in. And also one last note, if you love the Candy for Trees podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon 
at, at patreon.com slash CFT Productions. For a short time, I will be improvising a song on the spot for anyone who joins, and I hope to see you there. Hope to see you tomorrow as well. Again, this is Persephone Jam, and you're listening to the Candy for Trees podcast. Signing off now. Have a good day.